0: Welcome to Book in a Pint, Episode 4. In this episode, Michael and I discuss movies and interview author Jason DeGray. We discuss his books Eve and The Ruined Man, as well as the important things, like what's your opinion on chickens?
1: This is Book and a Pint, episode four, with me, Michael Evan.
0: And me, James Jacobs. So I feel like it's been forever since we talked last. Actually, it's only been three days. Yeah. We're recording on schedule now.
1: Yeah. No, this is I actually am wondering if this is oh no, so this is episode four yeah. of Book and a Pint Mark Two. Um did we actually get four episodes of our last uh, volume of this day?
0: I think so. We recorded... Man, I don't actually know. we have to check.
1: To I think, think a... we were, I yeah, think we, we were on... I, I, to my recollection, we were on four, and that was the big crazy oh, no. fiasco with my audio not showing up. And then... Okay. I So if we can get through this episode without a disaster, I'm pretty sure we've officially hit like a major milestone here
0: hey it just jinxed us man we know what happens when you challenge
1: <laughs> the universe. yeah don't fuck with the universe yeah so yeah. anyway um yeah feeling good feeling human again like supremely human for the last like couple of days uh starting to get back into things which is good so <laughs> just oh, as, there
0: it is there it is
1: just as i caught it. <laughs>
0: can you uh raise your hand over your head with that uh, with, uh, with
1: no, I'm not going to try. Yeah, I can.
0: Okay, but, but you're not going to risk it.
1: I'm not going to. I'm not going to risk it. I'm not going to well, try. Yeah, you, you, you have nothing to prove. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so um, I thought we would talk. Uh, one of the one of the episodes that we did that um, I really liked uh, when we when we did this thing back in the uh, back in the day, back uh, years ago, or whenever pre-
0: we did it, yeah.
1: Pre-COVID uh, insanity uh, was uh, when we had Andy Pelican on the show. And um, and Andy's a big Marvel fan, uh, or comic book movie fan, and we're also both big comic book movie fans. Yeah, I think so. We, we ended up just like talking about Marvel movies for like two and a half hours. Yeah, uh, I think
0: that was like right around after uh, Infinity War dropped or something. So,
1: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll
0: talked about that a lot.
1: Yeah, it was either Infinity War or Endgame, but regardless, there was a lot yeah. to talk about. Andy had like tons of opinions, and I remember that being like pretty epic length um, conversation. Yeah, so, it went way over what we expected it to. So I wanted to go uh, do something a little different. I think um, I think last episode, although very funny, might have been a little bit doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I wanted to to start by by talking about some film related okay. uh, stuff. So we've both seen a, a new film that uh that just came out yeah. um you saw suicide squad which i still haven't seen yet i really want to see it and mm-hmm. i saw the new space jam uh with my family so okay. I thought maybe we could weigh in on these new films and uh let you our wonderful audience of one or two um <laughs> know what we think so that maybe you can make informed decisions on these movies yeah so why don't you start with Suicide Squad? Sure. What'd so uh,
0: because of you know the whole COVID thing, I bought myself an HBO Max subscription just because they're dropping all their like Zash releases on that like opening nights, which I think is cool. I I love the theater experience personally. Yeah. Uh, when it's safe to, I will always go to the theater. I love that like sitting like right in the middle of the theater, big screen, popcorn in one hand, big drink in the other know overpriced of course but it's part of the experience for me but I, you know i got hbo so i wouldn't miss the movies that i want to see and suicide squad was definitely really high up on the list for me
1: right yeah um, exactly.
0: so I, I, I gotta be honest i have like really mixed feelings about that movie
2: i'll really?
0: say yeah yeah i'll say straight up it's incredible it's really well done it's funny the imagery is amazing but for me personally and this might sound weird coming from me considering how i write sometimes the gore and violence actually kind of made it less enjoyable for me really yeah wow. that, that is like literally like only complain about the movie like the opening scene i won't name names but like with a title like the suicide squad you know characters are going to die right
1: right yeah of course
0: the first death is dude literally just gets his face blown off and that, that whole scene just turns into a bloodbath. And again, a really like well-shot, well-choreographed bloodbath. But it was so over-the-top and gruesome that it made it hard for me to enjoy the experience. But other than that, the movie was so well done. All the characters were amazing. Uh, there's a scene about halfway through with Harley Quinn where she's just like killing a bunch of dudes. And it's so stylized and beautiful that I was just like okay, no, I love this movie, but then it would go back to, like, this just violence for the sake of violence, and that didn't sit great with me for some reason. I can't really explain why. It just kind of...
1: No, no, that, I mean, that makes sense. Like, so for me, like, I, I didn't see the David Ayer uh, version of Suicide Squad. It was um, fine. The, that it was fine. It was all right. That's what yeah. I heard. I heard. I heard some people say it was really good. I've heard some people say, well, They'd love to see the original David Ayer. I mean, cut that's been floating around. Everybody's sort of. <laughs> oh, is that a thing? I didn't it is a thing. Well, it's a thing yeah. that that apparently um, apparently is out there. And when the uh, when the Snyder cut of Justice League uh, became like a huge thing, uh, yeah, people start okay. and, and and news of this James Gunn version uh, started surfacing. People started clamoring for what they were calling the David Ayer cut of the okay. original. Suicide Squad. My reason for wanting to, I didn't see that one because I never really cared for the characters. I didn't read, (laughs) I didn't read the Suicide Squad in the comics. um, And I never really, really got into the characters. My reason for wanting to see this movie is because I fucking loved Guardians of the Galaxy. And I really, yeah, yeah, like I absolutely love James Gunn's directorial uh, techniques and and his writing. And I knew that he was directing and writing this. Um, doing a DC property with a lot, um, you know, a lot on his shoulders. I mean, Abe being the, the second guy to take on this existing property when yeah. the first movie didn't do badly. Like it, it was, it was a big, it's the, 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 uh, box office on the first one was, was huge, um, so I was interested in just seeing what what Gunn would would bring to the table with this.
0: Yeah, I will say he won't disappoint you. As far as, like, I mean, if you, you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, so you know that he can write, like, that, um, like, cast of characters really well, like a bunch <laughs> of kind of unique, quirky characters. Yeah. And he delivers in this one. He kind of doubles down a lot on the... Uh, the whole time I was watching the movie, it was like, okay, there's the Groot character. And it's like, oh, no, 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 there's the Groot. So there's a lot of the characters that are kind of, like, like, King Shark's amazing. Uh, Weasel, yeah. it's funny. Uh, my favorite character, though. So, um, in the movie, Ratcatcher 2 was one of the main characters. And she has this little, like, rat companion named Sebastian. He was, hands down, my favorite character in the whole movie. He's just a little rat.
1: He was the nice. best. Nice. But, yeah, uh,
0: yeah no, and I, I do have to say, like, uh, <laughs> the cast is incredible. Like, Idris Alba's amazing in it. John yeah, Cena is fucking hilarious. That dude won the show for me. Like, his character, I think in an interview, John Cena described Peacemaker, his character, as, like, Captain America, but a douchebag. And that <laughs> is putting it so lightly. He is just king of the douchebags. But I fucking loved him in the movie. So good.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it sounds, I mean, to me, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I, not a, I'm not, like, a massive, massive uh, blood and gore guy. Um, yeah. I said not, for me, not, that was
0: it, it was just at some points it was a little too much, but
1: I, was I don't think it to, would. I, I don't necessarily think it would deter me from from enjoying the film. Um, like, I wouldn't necessarily stay away from it for that reason. Yeah. But um, it sounds to me like it's got all the things going for it that I was was looking for. So uh, I will have to check that out.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you have HBO Max, you know, it's just on there. It's, it's okay. worth watching or if, if theaters are safe in Canada. I don't know.
1: Can you give it a star rating?
0: Oh, man. Um, so for me, it actually, the star rating changed at different points in the movie. For the first half hour of the movie, I would have given it a three. I was like, yeah, it's fine. But there was a point at about like the 45 minute mark where I was like, now this is a four. And by the end, I'd say a four and a half out of five. Again, uh-huh. like with the caveat that I would have preferred slightly less score, but that's just my yeah. personal taste. And I tried not to let it like, completely shade my opinion of the movie right but as superhero movies go at comic book movies go it, james gunn does such a good job with the like obscure stupid characters that it really made
1: that movie shine for me yeah and he's a funny guy he's a funny writer oh. and as somebody that that you know tries to be funny when i write yeah. um he's definitely an influence so yeah uh yeah okay so you heard it Suicide Suicide Squad, not... Is it The Suicide Squad? The
0: Suicide Squad.
1: The Suicide Squad, the new Suicide Squad movie. Four and a half stars from Jenkins. And I will try to watch it between now and the next show and weigh in on my interpretation. Yeah, my
0: opinion might change by next week. And it might go back down to four. We'll see. But right now, that's where I'm, where
1: I'm sitting. Awesome. Um. So I watched a, a movie this weekend, which... Uh, I would have never... I'll be honest. I never would have watched this movie if... <laughs> my son and my daughter didn't want to watch it, um, and they—I mean—they loved. We got them to watch the first one just because you know they were yeah, they, yeah, sure. they were bored of what was on, and we were like, you know, oh, Space Jam, like Looney Tunes, and you know, it's kind of a relic from from our generation. So well, I was ten when the first one came out. I yeah, I mean, know. I was I was a teenager. Um, I don't think I saw it. Um, I I don't think I saw it when it came out. I don't think it really interested me. I know it was a big thing. I know there was lots of music from that film that had become really huge, but I don't think I saw it. But okay. but I watched it with my kids, and it was kind of fun, and they kind of liked it. And when this movie came out, obviously, when the second one, um, Space Jam, A New Legacy, I think it's called. It Sounds like that, sure. Uh, yeah. When it came out, they wanted to see So we actually bought it, <coughs> and um, it got panned. Like okay. if, I, if I was looking at reviews, like first of all, it didn't make its money back. Talk, movies aren't making any money right now because yeah,
0: it's just the of, state of things
1: of the state of, of of releases and theaters and stuff like that. But it got panned. It got something like I don't know, 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, wasn't expecting very much. Usually, you know, I don't I don't always side with the critics, but usually I'm 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 in there somewhere.
0: It's, like it's nice movie. to know yeah oh yeah right. no twenty seven percent I just looked it up with 205 yeah, maybe, votes
1: okay so maybe it's twenty seven but
0: a seventy nine percent audience I am, that's pretty good.
1: i'm gonna give I'm gonna give a really unpopular opinion right now I fucking love this movie okay now I don't I'm not a sports guy as my fucking injury last week <laughs> will yeah, will yeah, tell yeah. everybody um you know I, I was into basketball as a kid i I had a I used to go to the Detroit Pistons games because I had a cousin that lived in uh, Windsor, Ontario, which is basically right next to Detroit. And he had, like, season tickets for all the games. So every time I would go, we would go to a game and we would sit courtside. And that was pretty fucking cool um, in the era of that was the era of Jordan and, you know, Isaiah Thomas and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and shit like that. I'm dating myself. But um yeah. So, I mean, that was my, but, but for the last God knows how many, he was like, I didn't know, I, I knew who LeBron James was. Um, Cause everybody always talks about him, but I had never actually even seen him play, never paid attention. Um, but he was good. Like he did a good job just, just being himself. Um, the visuals were phenomenal. Um, like absolutely spectacular. And it really was a great satirical film in my mind. Like if you were looking for, satire um the whole movie just completely satirized the whole warner brothers industry um because it was actually taking place within warner brothers and the bad guy was this algorithm uh played by don Cheadle, who is phenomenal in pretty much everything he does Um, you know don Cheadle can just show up and like you know you could put wings on him and just dangle him from the ceiling and he's going to be good um and he was the bad guy he was this algorithm that was um, basically part of this really high-tech new advance in technology from Warner Brothers, uh, video game related. Um, and uh, that was kind of the premise is that LeBron James's son in the film, you know, LeBron James wanted to play basketball, but he was coding video games and he had made his own basketball video game. So there was this father-son sort of thing. I want you to play basketball. I'd rather make video games. And... Somehow, without giving too much away, um, the son ends up getting kidnapped by um, Don Cheadle's bad guy. Um, And then LeBron James has to save his son, and that's where the whole um, Looney Tunes uh, thing comes into play, uh, along with uh, some DC superheroes, animated superheroes, uh, which was also unexpected and kind of cool. But it was a lot of fun. Like, at the end of the movie... We were all enjoying it, like my whole family, uh, and it felt exciting. Like I knew we—it's obvious, you know what's going to happen at the end, but it was still that sort of heart in the air, like is he going to sink that basket? Is he going to do it? Yeah. Um, feeling that I don't remember feeling in a, a movie like that in a while. So now I'm wondering, like, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs>
0: okay, so I have a question though. So I heard a rumor, and this—this this is probably a spoiler for everybody, so I'm sorry. Is it true? that Austin Powers is in the
1: movie. Uh, yes. I I will say I will say yes, but not in the way that anyone would expect, and definitely not in a way that would make it a big deal. Because okay. because the way cuz there are so many other little weird cameos in this movie, um, abstract random insanity uh that the 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 Austin Powers uh Dr. Evil thing uh is really it's relatively insignificant but yeah okay. austin powers does make an appearance all right i don't know
0: why that one matters so i've seen the trailers and it's like oh look the clockwork orange guys are there and that's kind of weird
2: yeah but no I, it's for it's, some
0: it reason is, when i heard that one it it really <laughs> struck me more than any of the others did and i don't know why
1: no it's definitely i mean it's it's a really weird movie um <clears throat> excuse me um yeah it's definitely weird um i will uh, I'm gonna. I'll spoil one thing for anyone that might actually want to watch this movie just for this reason. Michael Jordan does not show up. So there is no Michael Jordan. A lot of people are like, oh, Michael Jordan's gonna come in at the end and uh, he's gonna be the the grand savior that's gonna, you know, the big cameo that's gonna make it kind of yeah. cool for people that that were that grew up in the generation of the first one doesn't happen. But there is something kind of fucking cool that happens that's a bit of a riff on that whole expectation, Um, that I'm not going to tell anyone. I think I know
0: what that one is, but I won't say anything either.
1: Yeah, so I'm done with the spoilers. I don't know if anyone of the three of you will will watch this movie, but uh, I will give it a solid four and a half. Wow, right. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Was it amazing cinema, like, from the perspective of, like, you know, classic, you know, Classic indie film or art film or or anything of of real intellectual value that you would get from this film? Absolutely not. But was it entertaining as as all hell? Yeah, we had a great time. My daughter actually said, no, she's nine. um, Ah. You know, she listens to pop radio um, like most nine year old girls. Um, She said it was the best movie she'd ever seen and wanted to see it again like right away. Wow. Yeah,
2: it
1: doesn't have. And she doesn't have like, I I actually think she's got decent taste in movies. Like we, we like a lot of the same shit and she, she really loved it. So for people that are just totally, you know, not open-minded because they they read a bad review and they think the whole concept is garbage. And it's, it's a fun, it is a fun theatrical experience. If you want to go in for mindless, pure entertainment, like popcorn, fast paced, and a lot of cool stuff to watch, good film.
0: Okay. So now I do plan on watching it, but I also acknowledge that I don't have children. So I, part of me suspects my experience will be different from yours when I do finally watch it.
1: Probably. I mean but it's on my list for sure. I'm not like, gonna lie. Watching my kids watching it in awe um, with the visuals and with all the stuff happening. yeah um, you know, having my wife there and having us like trying to watch it as a family. <clears> uh, I do think that that added to my enjoyment of the movie. Um, but I, but, but I, I also think that even if I had been watching it alone, I still probably would have liked it.
0: Okay. Good to know.
1: Yeah. So there you go. Uh, that's us on film.
0: The experts. (laughs) Oh, far from it.
1: But, um, but yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe if you, if you can watch this movie this week and I'll watch Suicide Squad and maybe next week do a Reader's Digest kind of, yeah. Little, a little role reversal on okay. uh, on this whole thing. We can, we can see what uh, what the other perspective is. Um, we have a guest today.
0: Yeah, so today we are going to be joined by uh, Jason DeGray, who is a uh, sci-fi author. Uh, and today he's going to talk to us about his book, Eve. I'm uh, pretty excited to hear everything he has to say about that. And yeah, so let's, uh, do you have something else to say?
1: no i was just gonna say yeah i know it's really cool uh i've heard a lot of good things about this book uh he has some other books as well that are are in very yeah, say he, it looks
0: like he has a pretty expansive library but um from what you were telling me it sounds like there's some news related to a lot of that stuff so we'll save that for him
1: yeah i'm sure he'll talk about that
0: yeah. so oh, yeah so let's uh, let's get jason on here And we have with us Jason DeGray. Hey, Jason, how
2: are you doing today? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing
0: wonderful. So uh, if we could get started, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and your writing and kind of what's going on with everything.
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah, I am Jason DeGray. I'm an author and uh, according to some other interviews an imagination wizard, uh, I have been writing and doing book things for most of my life, really. And uh, it, it, it's been the dream that I've been chasing for, uh, for a long time, and so uh, what I've got out right now is a book called Eve that uh, is awesome. It's, you know, I love this book. It's uh, um, some, a project that I'm very proud of, kind of a cyberpunk or a, a post-apocalyptic noir of story that uh, takes place uh, in the twilight of humanity and uh, a lot of exciting stuff going on and uh, I'm going to have uh, another book coming out that well actually re released my Ruined Man series. Uh, the first uh, novel, The Ruined Man, is going to be re-released in October and so I'm going to be gearing up for that and uh, I'm excited to get that back out there and uh, um, start talking about it. So, and and, and it was book and a pint, right? So I am drinking an IPA. I don't know if uh, I was supposed to share that.
0: Yeah, I no, well, appreciate the we appreciate the information, honestly. It's good to know.
1: yeah, i I had a few um actually i'm I'm not drinking anything right now, but um I have indulged in a few today because my brother and his girlfriend came over for a barbecue before this.
0: And I so, feel left out. I sent to <laughs> grab something, but I didn't.
1: That's all right. That's all right. You you seem like you're drunk all the time anyway, so that's good enough. Oh,
0: dude. You're not wrong, but come. On.
1: <laughs> um so uh before we get into the questions, like the real intense questions, um what can you just uh, tell us a little bit about these re-releases and um what the 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 reason why you're re-releasing them and and stuff like that just uh you know, when they're coming out a little bit about that other series?
2: Oh yeah, sure. Um, well, they were, they're being re-released because of uh, the evil curse of 2020 uh, struck the publishers that um, had the series before. And, you know, it, it worked out, I I think for the best. I, I mean, it was uh, a, not a great home for the ruined man series. And, you know, and so Whenever I found out I was getting the rights to uh, the Ruined Man back, I was contacted by these publishers and they said, hey, you know, we saw what you were doing and we liked that. If you got those rights back, we uh, we want to re-release this for you. And uh, you know, and I said, you know, great, let's do this because uh, I had been looking for an excuse to keep the series going and start writing that third Ruined Man uh, novel in the series, which will be out uh, next summer. And so, uh, you know, we're staggering the release of The Ruined Man. That's like I said, that's coming up in October. And then I think uh, The Dark Goddess is going to come out. The second book in the series is going to come out January, February. And then uh, the third book in the series yet to be titled is going to be uh, uh, June. uh, Yeah, I think, yeah, coming out in June. And so, you know, I'm really excited about this. This is a paranormal detective uh, novel that I had written. And I had actually set it in the town that I live in right now, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And, and I set it here. And it's it, there's a lot of crazy, zany stuff that's gone on in New Mexico. And, uh, um, you know, so I, I really wanted to try to tap into that and to get it, uh, you know, to tell my you know tell it in my in in my way in my weird world way and uh and so you know i I sat down and started writing the ruined man and uh yeah paranormal detective fiction um is 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 what this one is and so it was uh first released back in 2017 and it, it did really good and was uh Won some awards in the New Mexico, Arizona book awards contest and things like that at that time. Um, and so, uh, you know, like I said, it just it wasn't in the right home and uh, and I'm. Uh, really feeling good and, and positive about the direction that these new uh, publishers are going to take it. So I got a cover image from them uh, last week and it's looking great and uh, we're done with the editing stuff, so we're just uh, finishing it up right now.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I was uh, looking at the Ruin Man earlier, and it sounds really intriguing. So I'm really excited to see, you know, what that new cover looks like, and how that new relaunch goes for you. I'm a fan of that sort of dark paranormal noir feel. That sounds amazing to me. So uh,
2: I like Great. that. Great, thank you. You know, yeah, it's it's something that was uh, very close to my uh, my heart at the time. Uh, when I was writing that uh that uh, you know original ruined man i mean and uh it was it was it was uh, uh yeah you know I, I had to go into uh, a dark world uh you know there and and you know as an author that was something that int- was interesting um to try to you know to live in uh, uh, that kind of world for a while while I was working on this book i, I mean, uh, you know, my other stuff that I'd done before that was, was light and happy, uh, fantasy adventure type stuff, and uh, and you know, and so that it, that was a real shift, and uh, it was it it, it, it disturbed me. I, I I have to admit that writing my own book gave me nightmares.
0: <laughs> so how do you? How long did the, writing that first one take you? That first Ruined Man book. Um, so I'm going. I'm asking the boring questions now, but I'm actually
2: curious. Um, it, shoot, that one took, well, it took me about a year to write it, Um, but I kicked it back and forth. I, I didn't know what to do with it and um, and how to tell the story, uh, you know, because at first I had I, the, the first way that I had written it was I'd written um, as one book. And so the ruined man and the dark goddess were really one book and uh, and I didn't like I was, I was having uh, a hell of a time formatting it. and trying to figure out, you know, how to tell the story, uh, you know, when I was crafting the book. And so, you know, I would go back and forth uh, messing with it for, uh, uh, you know, another year until I finally gave up and uh, uh, finally submitted it to these guys whenever they had that call for submissions. And, uh, you know, and they got it and said, oh, man, we really want to publish this, but we think it'll do better as two books. And, uh, And, you know, that felt great. I was like, finally, yes, thank you. You know, because I yeah. could make that decision up for myself. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, ha- having them there to do that and be like, we really think it'd be more effective if we did it like this, uh, uh, was, uh, uh, was was what I needed. You know, at right. the time. But uh, you know, so yeah. All in all, um, two years working on that book, um, but yeah, a year solid of writing.
0: So another boring question. I'm sorry, but kind of follow up on that. You said that writing that one kind of took you to a darker place, and it kind of gave you nightmares. Yeah. How was that like for you? Did you like maintain that throughout the year while you were working on it? That sort of mindset, and did it affect your personal life in any way?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I could definitely um, see that leaking over, and and you know, and I couldn't work on it um, a lot as a result. And and you know so I I would do it when I could, uh, you know or or uh, uh, steeled myself for it and and when I was getting it finished, I had uh, I had gone up to the mountains for a week, and you know there was no TV, no phone, no internet or anything up there, and I just sat there and uh, and I lived in that world really for a week straight while I finished that book, and you know and, and that's really when I had the, the the worst of the nightmares, Yeah, uh, you know, cause yeah, I mean, I was in it all day, every day. Um, it's,
1: but... it's funny actually that you, um, I wanted to add to that as well, because uh, <clears throat> that you said that the, uh, I guess the pathos or the, uh, the place that you were in while you were writing um, because you were spending so much time in this world was actually affecting you in your real life. Um, I'm pretty sure one of the reasons why I, uh, I went the route of not using, you know, human characters in my first series and going that whole satirical uh, route that I went was because I was afraid that um, something like that would happen to me if I got too personal and too too human in my world. And there actually is uh, a very kind of weird, dark element in my series that kind of overarchs the whole series. Uh, that gets dealt with in the fourth, that I'm talking about the cider and ale books, that gets dealt with in the fourth book where I bring in a lot of these dark places and nightmares by breaking the fourth wall and actually having myself as a character in the novel admit that I hid behind some of these um, other types of character devices um, because I didn't want to get too personal. But then I end up getting real personal at the end. So... It's it's actually interesting to hear that somebody else uh, has been in a place in their writing where they've where it stayed with them to such an extent.
0: That's actually why I because I wrote a novella last year. Luckily, it was a novella, so it only took me like a month to write it. But that entire month, I I wrote the book angry. The book came from a very angry place, and I just remember when I finished the like the book hangover I had afterwards was just intense and so I was wondering if it was similar writing something that took you somewhere like that but for such an extended period of time I was just curious about that
2: oh yeah I mean it felt like a weight lifted off my shoulders uh yeah. when I got done writing that and uh, and it, it was it was uh, uh like a man you know I I don't want to go back there, and I think that that's another reason that uh, I held off, uh, as as you know, as as long as I did. But but interesting though, you know, back to what you know, what you guys were saying was that you know at that time I I was really um, uh, in my writing process I, I was really experimenting with uh, uh, with trying to write and, and use that uh, emotional energy to yeah. uh, to drive my narrative, you know, and uh, and I didn't think it was going to take as long as it did but but yeah i had to keep it there you know and and so i had to maintain that state uh to get through the book and uh and it was uh it, it was a hard lesson you know it, it was because uh i you know i i think i poured so much of uh uh you know myself into it um even if i wasn't really trying to
0: were you able to kind of re-channel all that when you jump you know to the third book uh
2: yeah well and this and i'm glad that i took the uh, uh took the break that i did uh, because of where the the dark goddess ends um, you know it, it has given me some uh, some space and uh, and I, I know where the story is going to go from here um and uh, because the events of the first two books have already happened and have already taken place um you know i i don't feel like i'm under uh, a their laws anymore. You know what I Oh Okay. Person,
0: yeah.
2: Does that make sense?
0: It does actually. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, and so I can uh, um, move past that, uh, and, you know, and, and try to grow and expand uh, the characters in the world.
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome. And the series, um, all, all your stuff sounds really amazing. And, and specifically, um, when I first started talking to you, I was really intrigued by the series. So, um, excited to dig into it um but in the meantime uh we actually have some some real questions for you
0: yeah this is the important stuff
1: because i don't know if those were like <laughs> real, real questions so that
0: was the boring shit they'll ask on any podcast so yeah right, so
1: yeah. so who's gonna i mean i think I'll, do you are do you mind if i start this one off? No, please go ahead i'm gonna bring back a classic from last week uh jason do you have a dog I do. Awesome. It automatically makes this easier. So, what type of dog, do yeah?
2: Um nobody really knows. Okay. Those are the best kind I'm, of dogs? Though. I'm pretty sure it's she's part terrier or something. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I don't know. Yeah, terrier, schnauzer, something something yeah, around yeah.
1: there. Doesn't matter. It really is ineffectual to the question. Um I was just curious because I like dogs, but that's okay. Um, so if you were out walking your dog and you came across a spiky coronavirus-shaped dog toy, would you A, pick it up and throw it to the dog to play fetch, B, scream and run away, or C, casually move away from it and explain to your dog the importance of social distancing? Oh, A. Yeah?
2: Or, or, or D, like, like, kick it. Uh, you know, i just kick it up the up the street and let her chase it.
1: That works. Yeah. Yeah. That works. I mean, I don't think dogs can get COVID anyway, right? Just cats that could. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just, just the tigers.
1: <laughs> All right. Next question.
0: All right. Uh, ooh, I got I got a few to pick from here. All right. So this isn't so much a question as much as an exercise. Uh, without any context, can you describe to me your favorite? meme format
2: without any context
0: yeah it's like don't tell me where it came from i just want to hear what it is
2: <laughs> um oh man well there's a woman wearing a visor staring lovingly at a piece of corn
0: interesting okay hey okay.
2: i've just shared this in my reader group by the way is this, this thing. <laughs> That's weird that you ask that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I needed some important task. But if you were, but but seriously, if you were shrunk to the size of a pencil and put in a blender, how would you get out?
2: Oh, man. I, I, how much do I weigh?
1: I don't know. You got to tell me.
2: Okay. okay. Well, um, um, uh, I... You know, I, I, I guess I, I would try to rock back and forth, maybe, and tip it over. I, do, uh, am I working against the time constraint? Is somebody about to push the button? Probably. probably. Yeah. Okay, then I would start making cat cat noises.
1: Somebody's probably making a smoothie like any minute. So uh,
2: yeah, yeah, then I'd definitely be making cat noises because nobody would blend a cat. Only monsters would do that.
1: Right.
0: All right. So my question your question all right jason fans yes or no i will not elaborate
2: i can't sleep without them so yes
1: okay good answer (laughs) me neither actually i always have a giant one blasting in my face um but the other type of fans uh yeah those would be cool too i could live with them
0: you'd like that one yeah
1: i would i'm 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 the type of guy that reads my own book and talks about how great it is
0: you did you spent a lot of time on facebook <laughs>
1: raving
0: about your own book today
1: so definitely i would I, I i could i could deal with some fans of any kind <laughs> um
2: well I mean, those kind of fans uh, well I mean, you know yes obviously
1: that's <laughs> why thats <laughs> it, it,
2: yes didn't too. Really,
1: it didn't matter that's why he wouldn't elaborate. Yeah, any it. and all any and all type of fans. Really, I just wanted to see which kind you would go for. And
0: I think it's telling that the fan that you need to like keep your room cool was the one you went with.
2: <laughs>
1: Probably because you live in New Mexico.
2: Uh, yes, yes, that has a lot to do with it.
1: <laughs> all right, so Jason, tell me, in a zombie apocalypse, who would last the longest, a sheep or Tony Bennett? Oh,
2: Tony Bennett? That dude's a monster. Are you kidding? He's untouchable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It would just part around Tony Bennett like the Red Sea. I mean, you know, he he could just walk right into him and they'd just... So there
1: would be this entire massive zombie apocalypse that would just, like, burn through everything, destroy everything in its path. And honestly, I believe the only dude that would still be standing at the end would be Tony fucking Bennett.
2: Yeah. I, I 100% agree. <laughs> I 100% agree. As a matter of fact, he'd probably pacify the, the zombies once he started singing.
1: Right. Uh, uh,
2: sure. That would end it.
1: For sure. Tony Bennett is the man. Although I do hear that he is officially retired. No. That's what I heard.
2: Well, he is like 150, he's, right?
1: He's like 140 years old, so I think that we can, we can, you know, um, give he's him... Our he's our good. Yeah. 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 Guy's not working hard enough. Fun. Um, Jason, you got a question?
0: Yeah. So, uh, in your opinion, Jason, what is the most dangerous animal that no one thinks about?
2: Mm, a rooster. Okay. Some dudes will straight up chase you. Yeah, they can be pretty mean. Actually, it's true. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do not care.
1: And they're fucking loud. And if I lived somewhere where what where one of those woke me up, I would be dangerous.
2: You, you you would think, right? Until you went outside and tried to show some flex, and that thing just like came right at you.
0: <laughs> so There's many dinosaurs, man. Like right. chickens, are, chickens in are general are mean. Right. Yeah, they are. They
2: seriously are. Tyrannosaurus Rex. So yeah. they haven't forgotten that. It's it's like cats in that regard.
0: Yeah, they still think they're the you know king shit, but
1: <laughs> right. So so what would you rather? Have no nose, but have really good smelling fingers, or be blind, but have a really nice smile.
2: I'm sorry. Have no nose, but really good smelling fingers.
1: Yeah. Or be blind, but have a really nice smile.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I I could go with a nice smile. You know, even if I was uh, even if I was blind.
1: Even if you couldn't see it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Even if I couldn't see it, other people could, and you know, that's that would be enough for me. <laughs> Jacobs, what do you think my opinion on that man (laughs) i i can't see the benefit of good smelling
1: fingers
0: (laughs) but i don't want to give up my sense of smell or my eyesight man see it's i guess guess i'd I'd give the same answer if i had a really good smile maybe you know life would be easier for me because people would be really easily charmed by me
2: exactly And, (laughs) and, and and if you had the fingers i mean Who is going to come up and be like, you know, it's like, come come smell my fingers. fingers. (laughs)
0: I promise you'll like it. Like, that's just creepy.
1: Well, some people are just some people are fucked up. I don't know. But I would. um, This question is fucked. (laughs) I would um, I would I would probably agree with uh, both of you and say that I would rather be blind and have a really nice smile because then uh, people would just resonate to my visual charm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, exactly. You you'd pro- you would hear it. Oh, that's such a lovely smile. Thanks, I know. I get that a lot. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs>
1: hey, what's, what's next? All
0: right. Uh, oh, man. Let's see. All right, here's one. Just a, a nice, uh, easy one for you. what's your position on toaster ovens?
2: <sighs> I mean, necessary for reheating things like French fries and pizza. Um but completely useless for actually cooking anything. Um, so they're, they're kind of a peripheral appliance in my kitchen, I would have to say. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it is as far as my stance, because, uh, uh, you know, my wife uses it for, like, everything. I think she's, like, hacked how to cook in those things. I I, I don't get it, but uh, for me personally, it's, uh, yeah, a very peripheral thing. I mean, I burn toast in those things, so... Uh, not my favorite appliance there
1: so are we talking about like the old school toaster where you put the, po- the toast in the top and it pops out or are we talking about oh, a
0: toaster ovens? so it's like it's got the door oh
1: the like a, to- a toaster yeah. oven. Toaster, yeah.
0: um, i don't know what they're called in canada
1: no they're, i think they're called you're right they're called toaster ovens um yeah, yeah man they're
0: like a moose face or something
1: i don't know what they call stuff <laughs>
0: <of>. <laughs> fucking uh a boot yeah it's
1: Canada goose a boot carriage. You know, it's an a <laughs> a boot carriage. <laughs> a, I don't know, man. A Canada goose, a boot carriage. Um no, I uh I, I use mine. I don't know. I don't think about it. I'm I'm okay with it. Uh it it's good for making toast. You know, I, I get up, my kids need a quick breakfast, I throw the toast in the toaster oven, I throw them the toast and we're on our way. Um so you know. Not something I think about too often, but I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't put it on the curb and let the garbage guy take it away either.
2: Well, neither would I. My wife would kill me.
1: The... <laughs> An important consideration, right there. So finally, Jason, um,
2: I'm going to make you think a little bit. Uh, you, what do you think of Disney? Like the person or the uh, evil corporation?
1: Not not Walt. Like the actual like. The, like I think the... he gave you his answer, man. Okay. The okay. So. So you think so the evil corporation. Okay. So here's a thing that I've been thinking about for a really long time. Okay. We're gonna go back to like, you know, Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and Goofy and Pluto and all that shit. Okay. So okay. as somebody that owns a dog, you might actually have given this some thought before. Um, so Goofy's a dog, right? I think. But he's like Mickey's best friend. They play baseball together. You know, if Mickey has a shitty day with Minnie, they'll come to Goofy and Goofy will console him and, and have a drink with him and, and, you know, make him feel better. But Pluto's a dog too, am I right? What the fuck does Pluto do? He brings him his fucking slippers. What's up with that? Well,
2: well I, 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 no, I don't know. I think Goofy is actually, I don't think he's a dog. I think he's a goof. You think he's a yes yeah. yes yeah.
0: yeah. okay
2: okay <laughs> i mean they did they did they, they, they did the whole show about it back in the 90s remember goof troop i mean you know i love they, Goof troop yeah yeah you know me too you know and, and pete would always call him a goof you know and and so uh, well, was it pete a dog well no pete's a goof too he's just a mean one Right, right. You know, they they uh they got to be the same thing because that because that never sat well with me. It's like if Goofy's a dog and Pluto's a dog, then why is Pluto sleeping in the doghouse and like Goofy sleeping next door, uh, you know, in a bed, you know, that that kind of thing. And why doesn't uh Goofy chase the cat? Why is it always uh, Figaro? You know, uh, Minnie's cat. You know, if Goofy's not chasing that thing. It's always Pluto. So, I mean, so what happened in the Disney universe that, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, allowed Goofy to evolve, but uh, uh, Pluto to stay his primate self for lack of a better, you yeah.
0: know. I and, like, while we're on that topic, there's Mickey Mouse. But what about frickin' Chippendale? I know they're not mice, but they're still rodents.
2: They're chipmunks, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I yeah. They're still tiny and live in trees. But Mickey gets right. to have a house.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly. Yeah.
1: And, then there's, and then there, and then there's those creepy old Disney characters. Like one of them, I think, is supposed to be a horse, and then the other one is supposed to be a cow, and I think they're married.
2: Oh, dude! Another you know yeah, one. They brought those back on that. Uh, they brought them back. Yeah, on, yeah. That,
1: on that Mickey. See, I have kids, so I have to watch
2: this shit. Yeah. Um, Same.
1: Like, how? Like honestly, like so. You know what, man? I'm going to go with, just so that I'm not forever haunted with the ideology of this whole dog-dog conundrum, I'm going to go with Goof. Yeah. I think you've solved my, I don't know, at least 15-year mental conundrum that I've been dealing with about this. So, so, Jenkins, it was good to have Jason on the show, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, he uh, helped you through apparently what sounds like a pretty, uh, pretty major crisis in your life.
1: It was a big thing, man. Honestly, like I even, I even put it into one of my books. It's in there. It's a major thing in Max and the Captain, book one. Now I might have to just take it out.
2: Well,
1: I, no, it I, I, I part understand. of the, it was my favorite part of the book, and now I have to get rid of it. Maybe we shouldn't have had you on the show.
0: Uh, you got to kill your darlings, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jason where can we find you on the internet?
2: Uh, well you can find me on my website jasondegray.com. I'm also on Facebook. Uh, and got my reader group going at the Weird Worlds, the writing of Jason Degray. Um uh, It'll be
1: go you. it'll be going a lot better than it's going right now. I was sick for two and a half weeks.
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm sorry to hear that, man. I'm sorry. I'm glad to hear you're on the uh upswing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just old. I'm just an old stupid fucker. I'll, I'll be fine.
0: That's okay. You said it first.
1: <laughs> right. With, with with very high self-esteem.
0: Yeah, you are very, very full cool of yourself. It's true. <laughs> yeah. hey, well, Jason, I, thanks again. It was a pleasure having you. Uh, I'm really excited about your stuff. I can't wait to see what that relaunch does for you. Hopefully
1: amazing things. Yeah, me too. It sounds awesome. Looking forward yeah. to checking out.
2: Yes, I'm looking forward to it, too. And thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate you.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Take care. Have a good night. Hey, you, too. Well, that was Jason DeGray.
0: Well, yeah, that uh, was, was a good interview. Uh, he had some good opinions about, uh, well, Goofy and the moral yeah. implications.
1: At first, I was really, really like, you know, now I'm like, I am i don't know, man. I don't know what to think. I'm a little messed up. I, uh I had this whole thing. I've you know, do you ever like do you ever have something on your mind that takes up so much of your thought and time? Yes. That, that and then Michael, and do it, you want to hear something
0: funny about that? I'm sorry yeah. for interrupting you, but the thing that occupies my mind so much is actually Goofy related. You're that fucking can... No, I'm not. Canonically, <laughs> Goofy is the only like classic Disney cartoon character that fucks. He has a son, Michael. Mickey and Donald don't. Goofy's the only one that's had sex, as far as I can tell. Not only that, like his name is Goofy, and he's supposed to be like the fuck up of the group, but he's the only one that has his shit together. Like he has a job, and he had a wife for a while. Either she left him or died. I don't actually know which. If you count the Goofy movies as canon, he eventually gets to marry a hot librarian. Like the dude has his shit together.
1: Holy shit. Yeah, you're, like, you're opening me up to like this whole new world of thought.
0: I'm just saying that occupies
1: too I mean, much
0: of my. I mean, event
1: space. I mean, re- realistically, something has gotta has gotta overcompensate for that overbite. I
0: mean, true. You've seen those feet,
1: right? But have you ever, but have you ever thought about how he fucking eats? His teeth are like under his nose, and his mouth is like way in there. Like, there's no fucking way he's using those two top teeth. i ever never him these. But that is fucked up. Oh, wow. Okay, because what I was going to say is, have you ever had something that has become such a forefront of your thoughts that when you finally, the catharsis of finally coming to the realization that you can put it past you makes your life almost feel worthless?
0: Oh no, no! My life has
1: plenty of meaning. It's pretty fulfilled, honestly. I think I think I can. I think I have a few other things that I that can occupy my time now that I'm not pondering the um, the difference between between two Disney uh, dogs. <laughs> you and eighty percent of the internet, Michael. But now I'm going to think about Goofy fucking, and it's going to fuck yeah. with me.
0: Good, because at least. Three times a week, I remember, like, holy shit, Goofy has a son. That means he had sex.
1: <laughs> That's fucked Anyway, um, we will, uh, okay, yeah, so what's going on? We're going to have a special episode uh, with Kelly Blanchard, who we wanted to have on last uh, two years ago. Yeah, uh, but you okay.
0: forsook. <laughs> podcasting
1: yeah well she was the guest on that infamous episode that we talked about in episode one and uh finally uh her and her husband matthew uh have co-written a series together and we're gonna have them on we're gonna have the two of them on together
0: yeah i'm excited to finally meet kelly yeah i hear about her constantly but i've never actually talked to her so
1: yeah no she's yeah she's great um she's written a whole bunch of books uh, this is her first co-written series. She wrote a nine-book series before that. Uh, Isra Sravenhart, uh is coming on the show. Uh, Isra is a um, a paranormal uh, fantasy romance writer. Uh, that's uh, she's awesome. She's British. She's got a she'll she'll she's actually one of the the few people that have responded to the last podcast episode telling me yeah. that, they, that they literally she she said she couldn't stop laughing like it was the greatest thing she's ever heard so, so that's the
0: last thing either of us needs is that boost our ego
1: yeah no but i mean it's still like you know when 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 one leaves another comes you know what i mean yeah. like like you know we need a new, we need a new noel right because i don't know i don't know what noel's doing maybe she'll find her way back to us i hope she does yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we've got, we got Kelly and Matthew and, and, and we've got Isra and, uh, I love Oh, look. and hey,
0: apologies to everyone that listened to last week's episode and was expecting Raymond Klein. Right. Bye to all of you. Right. Of Jason DeGray, which was amazing, but it wasn't Raymond Klein like you promised.
1: And it's funny because Raymond actually just signed up today to be in the pod on the podcast and he'll be coming Most on. like
0: last week you were just like you had this moment of prescience you're like it's gonna be raymond
1: no it was it was something stupid oh, it was a stupid, spreadsheet oh, no nah, it was a spreadsheet related thing i just read the wrong fucking thing yes. um but nevertheless we'll get raymond on one of these days uh so guys uh i'm gonna go wash some fucking dishes uh which sucks do you like washing dishes uh, no, I
0: hate it. I have like really bad ADHD,
1: so washing dishes is like my personal hell. Does anyone like washing dishes? And then I just peeled from this thing, and then I got to bend down and use that muscle and pull the yeah. shit, put it in the thing. So wish me luck. Well, I will a lot interwebs that I don't get a dishwashing fucking injury. Well, while Michael hurts himself doing the
0: dishes, all of you go read the book.